I'm grateful to be here with you today. I want to extend thanks to uh, Harvey Beck and to uh, Gasling First United Methodist Church for this opportunity to share with you today. Normally, I preach the lectionary, and uh, today I'm kind of breaking from that and kind of rewinding a bit, picking up on a conversation that Jesus had with someone, and uh, the conversation in my mind and heart was transformative into his life. And the words that were shared that we get to overhear as this way of transforming our lives and kind of stretching us in our thinking. But Jesus, when I think about this week, this holy week, think about uh, Jesus knew what he was up against. And uh, he knew what was just around the corner. He not only was clear about who he was and where he was headed, but what his work was. And uh, along the way, he healed, he taught, he uh, he bumped up against people exactly where they were living their lives. And what I'm so thankful for in Scripture often is how we get to overhear some of those conversations. And so as we prepare to walk with Jesus, as we lead up with him to the cross, I would like for us to, to pick up on this conversation. It happens in, uh, and it's recorded in John's Gospel, chapter 3, verses 1 through 17. Hear now God's word. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher who has come from God. For no one could perform the miraculous signs you were doing if God were not with him. In reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. How can a man be born when he is old, Nicodemus asked. Surely he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, I tell you the truth, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. How can this be? Nicodemus asked. You are Israel's teacher, said Jesus, and you do not understand these things. I tell you the truth. We speak of what we know and we testify to what we have seen. But still you people do not accept our testimony. I have spoken to you of earthly things, and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Let's pray. Oh God, we ask your blessings upon the reading of your holy word. We pray that in us, during this season which is holy as we lead to the cross and the resurrection we 
pray that in our own hearts and in our own living that we experience new life today and forever. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. When Nicodemus comes to see Jesus under the cover of night and he says to Jesus, he says, Rabbi, we know who you are and that you have come from God. And he says that no one could perform the miraculous signs that you are doing if God were not with him. Now, Nicodemus is saying these things as someone who's in a position of authority. He, uh, he's a prominent leader among the Jews. He's uh, what we might call one of the big dogs in the community. So here's, here's Nicodemus, and he says, he says, we know, we know who you are. So first of all, <clears throat> today I'd like to give Nicodemus some credit there. He does come to Jesus, even though he's supposed to kind of have the answers. But here he is, he's speaking on his own behalf. He's also speaking on behalf of others in the community who are also in positions of authority. So they're inquisitive. They uh, know something is up with Jesus. They uh, recognize that Jesus is a teacher who has been sent straight from God because of all the things that he's saying and all the things that he's doing. So it's obvious to them that God is in on who Jesus is. God is in on who Jesus is. He says, Rabbi, we know. We know who you are. And Jesus says, in essence, he says, you're absolutely right. Take it from me, unless a person is born from above, it's not possible to see what I'm pointing to. And what I'm pointing to is the kingdom of God. And as soon as he says that, I'm thinking that Nicodemus is like, what in the world are you talking about? It's not always easy understanding what Jesus is saying. It's as if Jesus says to Nicodemus, Nick, big guy, I love you and God bless you for coming. It took a lot of courage to come this way to ask on your behalf and on the behalf of others some things that y'all are talking about. It took a lot of courage, I know it did, but you may not know me. And you may not know what's going on as much as you think you do. Kind of envision Nicodemus scratching his head as uh, he says, and I'll quote, how can anyone be born who has already been born and grown up you can't re-enter your mother's womb and be born again. So what are you saying with this born from above talk? And Jesus is like, exactly, Nicodemus. You're really not understanding what I'm talking about. And at this point in the conversation, there's that part of me that says, Nick, if you could... If you could just go with Jesus for a little while. Don't act like you have everything figured out or you know what he's up to. Just, just trust and kind of kind of walk with Jesus, not having him all figured out. Let him kind of mold and shape you along the way. Let him, let him lead you. Just kind of go with him. And I guess he does, sort of. But I got to tell you today that um, I find great hope in Nicodemus. And the fact that he really does not have Jesus all figured out. But what he's doing is this, church, is he's seeking Jesus. 
is going in the direction of Jesus. Very inquisitive. Because when you go in the direction of Jesus, even when you don't have things figured out, sometimes uh, what could happen in the process is this. You might find yourself being molded and, and shaped in all of your misunderstanding of who God is and something very transformative happened in your heart. Now, if you have a crowd looking on who does have God all figured out and, and you're asking questions, you know, that seem pretty simple of Jesus, of God, then the crowd that knows everything may look upon you and say, wow, they don't know anything. But who cares? None of us really have God all figured out. We have a glimpse, a very clear glimpse in Christ of who the Lord is. But we get to walk with him while we're in the process of being transformed because what could happen in the process of asking Jesus, who are you and what does following you look like? We might just begin to see Jesus a little more clearly in all of that. So here's Jesus having a conversation with a person who obviously does not have Jesus all figured out. Nicodemus, he thinks he knows, but Jesus tells him, hey, you're not there yet. And Jesus starts talking and saying things that, you know, really has, you know, me kind of scratching my head too. He's saying things like this to Nicodemus uh, about spirit and wind and water and baptism and, and uh, you know, just muddying up the water even more for Nicodemus. And he's like, what are you talking about, Jesus? And Jesus, as he continues this conversation, is like, you know, I thought you had me all figured out. He even goes so far as to say, you are a respected teacher and leader among the people. People look up to you as the one having answers, and you don't know what I'm talking about here. Now, I'm guessing, and you have to be careful when you guess, but I'm guessing that uh, Jesus' patience could be running just a bit thin with Nicodemus at this point when he says what he says to him or maybe he just has Nicodemus exactly where he wants him but he says this he says Nicodemus you have to be born from above you have to be born from above now let's talk about birth for just a little bit here I'm going to try to walk up to a line here, but not cross it, okay? Um, but let's talk about the experience of birth, okay? Now, when I think of birth, what jumps into my mind immediately is a physical birth of something or someone being, being born. And so all sorts of images come to my mind, and I'm sure it does for all of us. But I want us today just to imagine for a few moments the birthing experience. And, uh, and just say just a few things about it. Number one, it's beautiful. It's, it's scary. It's loud. It's uh, frightening. frightening. It's, uh, it's dangerous. It's painful. All sorts of things are wrapped up in uh, an experience of birth happening. And church, depending on where you are when that is uh, taking place when someone is being born it really does have a lot to do with how you experience birth you know if you're the mom and you're pushing the baby into existence 
out from the nurturing waters of the womb, then it, it can be uh, quite an experience, and that's an understatement. Okay, a guy, I don't know what I'm talking about here. But when you push the child from the, the, the nurturing waters of the womb out into the blinding light of a new day, I mean, that is some kind of experience that, you know, God is offering. So for mom, it's, it's one way. Uh, for the dad, if you're, these days, they let you into the, to the room where birth is actually happening. And I remember when my wife Michelle was giving birth, they did the C-section, so it was, it was a different experience. But, you know, they had this sheet kind of up in front of me, and, and I asked if it was okay to look over, and they said, sure. And I looked over and, you know, and got a little wobbly in the knees and decided to sit back down when I saw the doc's knuckles kind of go up under uh, her stomach, and I'm, you know, Mitchell, I'm, oh, oh God, help me. You know, if you're the dad when birth is happening, really you're just trying to keep from passing out. At least I was. If you're the baby and you're being born, you're the star of the show. I mean, you're the main character, but you don't know it because you're so clueless. But you're just kind of there and you're caught up in the whole experience. You, all you know is that somebody woke you up from those warm, nurturing waters in the womb, and, and you come into the blinding light of a new day. And you can't understand any of it, but you just know that there's something going on. So there you are, you're the baby, and um, let's say you've just been born, and uh, you're, all, uh, you're all wet, and blood vessels bugged out all over your exposed body, you're kicking, you're screaming, and People are looking at you, they're slapping you, they're poking you, they're sticking stuff up your nose, and all of a sudden somebody comes and they have this nice warm blanket, and they wrap you up in it, and then they hand you over to these people, mom and dad, let's say, who are crying and laughing and don't know what to say or do. I mean, the whole thing for everybody is just sort of traumatic. But that's what happens in, in a birth, at least kind of, just a little bit of what's going on there. The whole thing can be overwhelming. And as a newborn baby, at this point in your life, after you've just been born, you, you really are completely dependent upon others who are going to be caring for you. Can't feed yourself, can't clean yourself, can't walk, you can't talk. But the one thing you can do, and you can do it well, is this, is you can wear other people down with your immaturity. You know it? I mean, you can wear them down with your immaturity. Jesus' church, to me, seemed to imply to Nicodemus, Nick, you're immature. You're immature. You think you know me, you should know me, but here you are, one of Israel's leaders, their teachers, and I'm having to tell you that you've got to be born from above. But here's what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to push you out from those dark waters that you're in now. And out into the blinding light of a new day. And I'm going to do it as a gift. And so that's what he does. Now to get at the original text in that, it's a being born into real and eternal life daily. Over and over and over. I don't know what could ever make us think that we could have God all figured out or think that we could ever have salvation all figured out or completely know what being saved is. And in all of our thinking or theological uh, perspectives, we, we may be exactly right. 
in what we think, or it could be sometimes that we're putting on display our immaturity when we are saying to others, I have got all figured out. But here's the one thing, and I really do believe this, is this, in light of today's scripture. I believe that God's desire is not to leave us unburdened. Because how painful would that be? I really don't think God wants to leave us unburdened. But I believe that God is willing to go so far as to show up in person and die on the cross to show us the light and to give us a shot at being born again and trusting the one who gave his whole life for us. Jesus said to Nicodemus, something as he closes out his conversation with me says now Moses in the desert there lifted up the, the serpent so the people would see and believe but he said to him I'm going to do what's necessary and that is the son of man will be lifted up and then he closes it out and he gives us those words that we probably often quote by heart for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him but church here's the thing I don't think the question is this is do uh, do we understand God knows there's some Nicodemus in all of us but I think some questions for us this this week and this season as we move toward the cross and toward Easter is this is are we willing to be born again over and over daily and to step into that saving blinding light of a new day are we willing to be born again as painful and beautiful and, and frightening and overwhelming and good as that might be as followers of Jesus let's pray today Lord we're so grateful for your love that sets us free to live in a way that claims us for your good. We ask your continued blessings as we move into a new day this season, as we reflect upon your great love that's come our way to give us real life. In Christ's name we pray.